Well, that is what we want to do tonight. Come and adore Him, Christ the Lord. We'll take just a few minutes from God's Word here, and then we'll do our traditional lighting the candles, and we'll sing a few songs uh, before we're done here tonight. Thank you for being here. It's a blessing to have a great crowd, and I know some of you came through our Christmas experience drive through Thank you for that, and uh, we look forward to uh, future opportunities to minister together. You know, Christmas time is a special time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, they say, and uh, certainly it is a time of many memories, many emotions, and uh, uh, I trust uh, mostly joyful ones, though I know that there are also heartaches that are born at this season of the year. But it's a special time as we consider Christ's birth. And as we think of this, this, uh, this concept of, of time, I want to look at three biblical phrases tonight that deal with the matter of time and what Christmas teaches us in this regard. Uh, we'll just dive in right to Galatians chapter 4. And uh, the, the first thing we're going to look at is the, 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 the fullness of time. Christmas began in the fullness of time. And what does that mean? It's the idea that when God's plan had come to fruition, when all the pieces were in place, when it was fully prepared, Jesus Christ came. And Galatians 4.4 says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. In the fullness of time, Christ came. This idea of fullness, again, refers to all sorts of things that were coming together. Uh, depending on how you count them, between three or 400 prophecies all came to fulfillment at this time. Multiple generations of human history had come and gone. And uh, uh, so much had, had already prepared the ground for Christ's coming there was the Old Testament sacrifices, the lambs that would be slain, that was a picture of Jesus Christ who would come, the lamb that was slain. The final fulfillment, the one who would fulfill the law. God did not, uh, was not taken by surprise when Adam and Eve sinned and plunged this whole world into uh, the curse of sin. And the judgment that ensued of death and ultimately separation from God in hell. He was not taken aback. He wasn't surprised. He had a plan from the foundation of the world to send his son, Jesus Christ, as the lamb that would live a sinless life and be that spotless lamb that would be sacrificed in our place for our sins. And everything in the Old Testament looked forward to this time when Christ would come he was not late. He was not wondering what he should do. He was letting the processes work. He was letting the pieces come together. He was uh, allowing the fullness of time to culminate. And he did not send his son until the time was right. But I want to tell you here, uh, again, folks, that Jesus came right on time, and God is never late. Whatever you're waiting for, whatever you need, Whatever you've been praying for, you keep trusting the Lord. God is always on time in our lives. His plan has been playing out through the ages, and there's nothing that can stop it. In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. You have this word, redeem. 
It says that he was made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law. The idea of the word redeem is to buy back or to purchase. And Jesus Christ literally used his blood as the currency. Sounds graphic. It sounds gruesome. And it was. When you think of the Old Testament sacrificial system, that was gruesome. Uh, The priests dealt daily with the shedding of blood because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But as the book of Hebrews explains to us, uh, we do not any longer need the blood of bulls and goats because the blood of Jesus Christ was shed. He came, he lived a perfect life, he died on that cross in our place to redeem us, to redeem those of us who the Bible says were made under the law. We were born in trespasses and sins. The law simply revealed the sin that we were committing to us and and, and sharpened our consciences in that respect. But the law itself cannot save. The law can only condemn. The law shows you what you're doing wrong, but it was Jesus that is the fulfillment of the law The law is the schoolmaster, the Bible says, that leads us to Christ. So many people are trying to keep the law, and the law is good. It shows us what's right and wrong. But we're hopelessly sinners, and that's why we need Jesus Christ and his redemption. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law. Why? That we might receive the adoption of sons. We can become co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We can cry, Abba, Father, to God, our Heavenly Father. How is this done? Well, in John chapter 3, we learn of the new birth. Jesus said to a man named Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Every one of us have a birth date. Every one of us have experienced physical birth, and we are living, and one day we will pass away. We have all of this in common, and what Jesus told Nicodemus is, you need a spiritual birthday. You need to be in my family. You can can be adopted into my family, and this has taken place by grace through faith. Faith is the key that receives the grace of God. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, somebody here might think, why do we need to be redeemed? Why do I need to be redeemed? You might say, hey, I'm not that bad of a person. There's far worse people than me. And I'm sure that there are. But the truth of the matter is, The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is not a just man upon the earth that does good and sins not, Ecclesiastes tells us. Every single thing that we've ever done has been tainted by our own sinful heart. The Bible says that the righteousness that we do, according to the prophet Isaiah, it's as filthy rags. Filthy rags. The best things that we can do are filthy rags in his sight. You and me don't need to somehow attain more of our own righteousness. What we need is to be credited the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
And when he came and lived a sinless life and died a death that he did not deserve, he did so because he loved us and he was coming, the Bible says, to seek and to save those that are lost. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He came even for the chiefest of sinners, Paul said. Why? He's not afraid of sinners. He loves every one of us enough to come and die for you. If it was only you, he would come for you. We've sinned in that we have broken the law. A lot of people can't name the Ten Commandments. You can name ten sports teams or ten soft drinks or ten whatevers, but uh, ten calibers. Uh, but you can't name the Ten Commandments. Well, we have certainly broken several, if we're honest. You know, all of us have broken, thou shalt not bear false witness. We've all lied. All of us have coveted. All of us have broken the law and thereby fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of His standard. And it's because of that sin that we need to be redeemed. We need Jesus. Sin does not just disqualify us from heaven. Sin also uh, qualifies us, you might say, for judgment. And that's the next point I want us to see. At Christmas time, we recognize that this all began in the fullness of time, but also it reminds us of our appointed time. We don't like to talk about sad things or judgment at Christmas time, but it's important for us to understand that Jesus came to die. That's the story. That is the Christmas story. We can't take that out of the story. Jesus came to die. And the reason he came to die in our place was because we were dying. We were dead in trespasses and sins. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not the the, his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the whole world through him might be saved. In that passage, you see very clearly that God saw us as perishing. And it was not his intent to just watch this world perish it was his intent that the whole world through him, through Jesus, might be saved. Christmas reminds us of our appointed time, just as Jesus in the fullness of time came and he had a time where he died on that cross, so do we have an appointed time. Hebrews 9.27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ once suffered, once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Yes, every one of us have an appointment. This is one that you can't mark on your calendar. That might be helpful. We could plan. We could get things put together. It's interesting how we live our lives. We're very ordered we have calendars, planners, we have all kinds of technology that helps keep us on track. On my way out the door to come here, I, I reminded myself that I needed to take something home with me when I left. 
And so what I do, I, I told Siri to remind me, you know? And so at 7.30, Siri will do that. We have all kinds of ways to be organized, right? But so many people choose to ignore this appointment that's on their calendar. They don't want to prepare for this. Don't want to prepare, don't want to think about it. Friends, it's not a bad thing to consider there's a, there's a beginning of this earthly life. There's an ending of this earthly life. It's all good if you're prepared. Jesus, his earthly life had a, had a beginning. His earthly life had an ending. But of course, there's eternal life beyond that. And, and we need to be ready for our appointed time. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. James 4 said, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor. It appears for a little time and then vanishes away. The older I get, the more I recognize just how true that verse is. It's like, where is the time going? My kids are growing up and getting as tall as me or taller. Time just moves right on. And, and you know, time doesn't ask me if I'm ready for next week. Next week just comes. Time doesn't ask me, am I ready for my kid to be as tall as me? It just happens. Time doesn't ask you, are you ready to turn 45? Are you ready to turn 65? Are you ready for this? It just keeps on moving, and it's up to us to be prepared and to live our lives for the glory of God now, but to be ready for that appointment. And folks, you can be ready the Bible says, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. That's 1 John 5, 13. It's written that you and I would know when I talk to people about preparing for this appointment. A lot of people say, well, I hope so. I hope I'm ready. I sure hope so. Touch wood, you know, whatever else they do. Where's my rabbit's foot? I hope it all turns out. I was talking with a guy, and, and uh, he, uh, he said, you know, preacher, you're, you're, you're a little closer to the man upstairs than I am, so put in a good word for me. I said, that's not how it works, and I'm no closer to him than you are. And he's not the man upstairs, by the way. He's the God of the universe who loved you and sent his son for you. And you don't need me to put in a good word for you. Jesus wants to talk to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life so that when your appointment comes, you don't have to have the fear, the dread, the anxiety. You can know that I have received eternal life from the Father through the gift of his Son. I am depending on the finished work of Jesus Christ, nothing more and nothing less. We don't like to talk about death. We don't like to talk about hell. But those are two realities that every single one of us must consider. You and I are sinners. We do not have any righteousness of our own. It's all filthy rags. Therefore, we've fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. On the one hand is death and hell. On the other hand is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
It's a matter of receiving that free gift by faith. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. Every one of us has an opportunity to come to him and be ready for our appointment. I think of Hebrews 2.9 that says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to live and die and taste death for every man. Did you know that a believer in Jesus Christ doesn't really die? This flesh dies, but the Spirit steps right into the presence of God. We just had a funeral here at the church just a few days ago. And that sister, when she departed this life, was present with the Lord. She did not die. The Bible says that Jesus said, he that believeth on me shall never die. It's a matter of right now in this life while you have opportunity, recognizing you have an appointment, but God wants you to be prepared for that appointment, and that's why in the fullness of time he came so you could be ready for your appointed time. At this Christmas time, we see finally that Christmas insists that now is the time. Now is the time that you do something about your eternal destiny. Now is the time to be prepared for that appointment on your calendar, even though you don't know where it is any more than I know where mine is. Now is the time to know that you're prepared, that you have received Him as your Lord and Savior, that you have eternal life because of the eternal life that's in His Son. Now is the time. 2 Corinthians 6 says, We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in accepted time, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What is it about tomorrow that is so enticing? Oh, we'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow is an amazing day. You can do anything tomorrow. I can lose weight tomorrow. I can go to the gym tomorrow. I'll make a million bucks tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow, I don't know what it is about tomorrow, but tomorrow is an amazing day. Why? Because I haven't gotten there yet and messed it up, I guess. We have all kinds of great lofty ideas about tomorrow. But the Bible says you don't know what the morrow may hold. Now is the time. Pharaoh, when he talked to Moses, he saw all kinds of amazing miracles. And one time he had his land full of frogs. Do you remember that story? The plague of the frogs. And Moses and Aaron come to Pharaoh and they say, do you want us to entreat the Lord for the frogs and get these frogs out of here? He says, yes, I do. They said, well, when would you like us to do that? He says, tomorrow. Can you believe that stubborn guy chose one more night with the frogs? Why would anybody do that? We do it all the time. When the Apostle Paul preached to several key political figures in his day, Agrippa, Festus, and Felix, before he went and ultimately died for his faith, he preached to... Festus, and Festus said of the gospel, you're crazy. 
That's what he said. That was his response to Paul. You're, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. When he preached to Felix, Felix said, when I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. It's just not convenient today. And Agrippa, do you remember what Agrippa said? King Agrippa said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. So many responses to the gospel, but the only correct response is now is the time. Lord, I'm coming to you today, now, to receive you now as my Lord and Savior. What would stop you tonight? Maybe it's pride. Well, who's going to think something about me? Who cares? We're talking about eternity. And by the way, everybody in here would be thrilled to death to see someone get saved. Well, I don't like to, to talk about this kind of stuff. My, my, my spiritual nature is private. Hey, we can talk privately. I can help you. Someone else in this church can help you to be able to make this transaction of faith to receive the Lord Jesus as your Savior. But I beg of you, don't leave not knowing the Lord Jesus. Christmas time is the time that reminds us that now is the time. Just as sure as he came to this earth, he came for you. And that gift, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, folks, we don't all have the same amount of experience. We don't all have the same amount of money. We don't have the same background, the same gifts, the same strengths, but there's one thing we all have the same amount of. It's time. And there's no one who's going to say to God one day, I didn't have the time to come to you. Oh, no, we all have the same amount of time, and my encouragement to you is this. In the fullness of time, Jesus came. When everything was prepared, he came. And he was ready for his appointment. He tasted death for every man. Now is the time for us to be ready for our appointment. Will you come to Christ tonight? We're going to have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and we're going to pray. And then we'll come and we'll, we'll sing a couple of more songs, and Pastor CJ will help us with the candle lighting and so forth. But right now, I want you just to focus on this invitation, the invitation for you to come to Jesus Christ tonight and accept him as your Lord and Savior. Heads bowed and eyes closed. It's a dark room and I got lights in my eyes. I can't really see who is out there very well. But I want to pray for you. Before I pray, I want to ask this question. There's the one who would say, Preacher, now is the time for me. Pray for me. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Now is the time. I need to come to Jesus Christ and ask him to be my Savior tonight. Here's my hand. Pray for me. Anyone like that? I, I, I can maybe make out a hand. Anyone like that? Pray for me, preacher. I see one. All right. Any others? Now is the time. I want to come to the Lord Jesus at this time and ask him to be my Savior. Anyone else? Maybe there's someone here. You're, you're not, you're not as, as convinced, but you'd say, preacher, pray for me. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure of where I stand with the Lord, but I, I would like your prayer. Anyone like that? You can just raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you about that. I'm not sure. I see that. Anyone else? I'm not sure. Let's have a word of prayer here tonight. Lord, thank you for working in hearts. Thank you for the hands that was, was raised. 
and the hearts that have expressed their need for you, I pray that you would convict of sin, of, of the need for Christ's righteousness, and of the certainty of judgment. And may each recognize that you are the only way of salvation. Lord, I pray that anyone here who does not know you as Savior would, would not waste time tonight, but tonight they would call upon you, confess their sin and their need of the Savior. Even tonight we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. What we're going to do is this. I'm going to, Pastor CJ is going to come in just a moment and give us some, some more instructions. But if you raise your hand and, and you said, boy, I would like to know how to be saved. Myself, Pastor CJ, several of our staff, several of our church will be out and about. I'll be in the lobby. I would love to talk to you. Uh, come find me. Shake my hand and say, Pastor, I believe now is the time. I want to talk about my soul, how I can know for sure I'm saved. I'd love to talk to you. Open a Bible and share with you, show you how you can tonight even make tonight the time that you accept Jesus to be your Savior.